want to do more than follow orders, think outside of the box, and manifest your dreams, then you've come to the right show. Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a gold star daughter, veteran spouse, and entrepreneur. For season seven, I am ecstatic to be in partnership with the Rosie Network to highlight motivational stories of personal growth, financial awareness, and autonomy in our military community. Now, let's get started. All right, everyone, Jen Amos here and got a question for you. Have you ever had a spiritual or transformational experience that significantly altered the course of your life? Well, I am so fortunate for this episode to speak with U.S. Army combat veteran and founder of So High Healing, Latoya Westbrook. And I get to hear her incredible, remarkable journey from her decision to join the military, to escape a challenging childhood, to her battle with PTSD and substance abuse following her deployment in Afghanistan. She talks about how a spiritual awakening guided her toward becoming a certified sound practitioner and mindfulness coach. She also discusses her role within the Rosie Network, where she serves as a 2021 service to CEO graduate alumni and Southeast region chapter lead. This is a great story for anyone who wants to listen in on the transformative power of Latoya's meditation, yoga, and sound healing practices, and to find inspiration to embark on a similar journey of self-improvement. Latoya was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. If you are interested in getting a hold of Latoya as you listen to her conversation today, go ahead and in your podcast app to scroll down to the title and show notes of this episode and you will get all of her contact links. If you're listening to this via desktop or you're not familiar with the podcast app, highly recommend that you go on on desktop or pull up your browser and do a search of holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. And in the search bar on the very top of our website, go ahead and plug in numbers 157, that's episode 157 for Latoya's episode. And there you will be able to find her episode and her contact information. And so with that said, this conversation is an ad-free conversation. Thanks to my company, US Vet Wealth. We're very fortunate to be offering a podcast portal for this season. This is the first time we're ever doing it for Holding on the Fort. It's our podcast portal that's housed under our uh, free resource from U.S. Vet Wealth called Military Retirement Blueprint. As of right now, (laughs) I'm really excited to share that for anyone that's interested in joining our free portal to get bonus content, to hear about my journey as a podcaster, especially if you you are interested in becoming a podcaster, all you have to do is just go to, I'm so proud of this link. I'm so proud of it, okay? I gotta say it. There's the one link I'll say on the show. One of many rare links I'll say on the show. But the website to get access to our free portal for bonus content from each of these episodes is holdingdownthefortpodcast.com forward slash, forward slash, like, like slash portal. What? Too easy, right? Too easy. 
So here's the website again, in case you didn't catch it the first time. Holdingontheforwardspodcast.com forward slash forward slash portal. (laughs) Easy peasy. Once you go on that website, you'll have all the information. You can learn about the portal and decide if it's something you want you know, if you want to join for yourself. And so all of this is possible thanks to my company, US Vet Wealth. So thank you, US Vet Wealth. Thank you to my husband. Thank you to my team. And please stick around for after the outro music to hear some teasers on what's to come and what you may or may not find in our free podcast portal. Last but not least, I want to ask for you to extend grace to me again, similar to Don's episode for my audio quality. I have to give a shout out to Dennis, my editor. He always puts me in the best light. He always puts our guests in the best light. And if it wasn't for him, I promise you, (laughs) I promise you this audio quality that you will hear on my end would be a lot different than what you're hearing now. So just know that this is a great improvement. And I tend to find, I, I, I just thought I'd share this tip with anyone that, you know, likes to listen to things pretty quickly, or you're like an avid podcast listener of like any podcast show out there, I guess. I tend to find that listening to audio at like, you know, 1.5, two times speed actually really hides a lot of audio issues. (laughs) So if you cannot stand my audio quality, which again, like I may be over exaggerating and you may message me later and say, Jen, that wasn't so bad. And if so, awesome. But for everyone else, for everyone else, just know that you have the option of speeding up the audio sometimes, you know, and I think that really helps with listening to my end of the conversation a lot more better. I hope, I hope. Y'all let me know. Feel free to message me about it. Would love to hear your feedback. And with that said, please enjoy this conversation with LaToya. All right, and today we have LaToya Westbrook on the show. LaToya, thank you so much for joining us on Holding on the Fort by US Bet Wealth Season 7. So exciting. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jen, for having me here. It's a pleasure to share my experiences with you and the guests of Holding Down the Fort. I'm looking forward to this. Yes, absolutely. All right. So I would love to just warm up by asking you a fun icebreaker question. So I have a bunch of questions in front of me. So I'm going to like just kind of go through this and you tell me when to stop and then I will pick out a question. So here we go. I'm just going to keep pulling and you just tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. All right. Here we go. So let's see what the question is. Oh, okay. Here's one for you that you can share with our listeners. What is the first thing people typically notice about you? <laughs> My height. Yeah? <laughs> yes. So I am 6'2", and I still wear heels. I am a fan of, like, go high or go home. <laughs> and so when people meet me in person, they're like, oh, my God, I didn't realize you were so tall. You know, like, even in the virtual space, you're sitting down. You know, you can't gauge it. And when they see me in person, they're like, oh, my God, look at this, like, tall goddess or whatever they say. <laughs> and then my heels are not shorter than three inches. So I'm typically around 6'5 or 6'6 six, six when I wear my heels. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so okay. that's one of the first things. <laughs> I love that. So I'm, like, 5'1", and I don't like wearing heels anymore. And so there definitely would be a crazy height difference between you and I (laughs) if we ever stood each other, stood next to each other side by side. You know, my former co-host, shout out to Jenny Lynn, like she's a lot taller than me as well. And she loves wearing heels also. So whenever we were next to each other, it was just, you know, it was just, you could just totally (laughs) see the height difference. But I love it. I love it. And I love how you said go high or go home. Like I've never heard that before. That's my philosophy because like my mom had to coach me when I was younger. I used to like try to make myself shorter. 
shorter and like wear like small pumps. And she was like, no, you know, you're a beautiful young lady. Be confident. And like she coached me through that process. And so ever since then, it's just like, what? I am here. High heels and all. (laughs) I love that. What a supportive mom. That's amazing. You know, to have like your own mother coach you on that. I mean, I'm coming from a place where my mom was like, oh, don't go out in the sun too long or else you're going to get really dark, you know? So I I always felt insecure in my skin for the longest time. And then eventually I was like, okay, well, I'm going to like always be brown. So I might as well just like embrace it. Like I can't like hide from the sun forever. So I just love how your mom like really encouraged that and said, hey, own your height, go higher, go home. Yeah. I'm so thankful. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm really loving these icebreaker questions because I feel like it's just a great way to open up and to get us to laugh and like learn something new about each other. And now we know that if we ever were standing next to each other, there'd be a huge height difference. So good to know. I will keep that in mind. (laughs) Right. And yeah. And so with that said, I'm just I'm excited to chat with you. We had a really good offline conversation some time ago. And, you know, one thing I really like about your story, and we're going to get into it soon, is you are like a master reframer. And for anyone that's hearing the word reframe for the first time, at least in the context of, I guess, like psychology and trauma healing and all that, it's like it's the ability to, in my opinion, it's ability to look at your past and look at it in a way that serves you moving forward versus like like hold you back and keeps you in the past. And so I was very inspired, you know, to hear your story considering you know, one of the most pivotal moments or one of the greatest experiences of your military service was that first deployment, which I know we'll touch touch upon in a second here. But let's go ahead and start with you sharing a little bit about why you're on the show today. Like, I I know that you're coming like you're you're coming forth with so much, I think, wisdom and experience, like I said, we're going to get into. But, you know, why did you feel compelled to share your story today? We'll start with that. Okay, so I felt compelled to share my story today with holding down the fort, because I know that holding down the fort, one of your missions is to celebrate and uplift and empower the military connected community. And as a combat veteran and a military connected entrepreneur, I feel that it's important to share my story, to inspire others, to keep the conversation going so that we can continue, you know, this full circle of empowerment, community, continue to share I am an advocate for not being the one to be a gatekeeper. I want to share and put it out there and inspire in any way that I can. And I feel that some of the values that I hold for my business, so high healing and holding down the fort are aligned. Yeah, I don't typically just do a podcast with any and everyone. And so with that in mind, I feel like, you know, our two missions are aligned in that way to where we want to uplift, inspire and empower the military connected community and share. Word. Love it. Yeah. Well, (laughs) thank you for sharing that. And the reason why you have your business day has a lot to do with your history as an army combat veteran. And I was reflecting on your story again. And I'm, I'm trying to find the words because I'm just so inspired by how like you turned your service around to be something positive and uplifting and to empower other people. And so let's go ahead and, and dive into that. And okay. Forgive me if I'm trying to be delicate about this, because like I said, I felt it meant so much to me that you shared your story in detail the way that you did offline. And so I want to open the floor to you now to talk about that history as an Army combat veteran and all the things you went to, starting with starting with why you joined the military to begin with. 
Right. So I joined the military first and foremost to serve my country. But if I'm being honest and transparent, I also joined to, you know, create a sustainable income for myself to also be able to go to college. And if I'm being really honest, I was running away from my past. Unfortunately, like so many people in the world today, I am a survivor of child abuse mm. and witnessing domestic violence between my parents, more so one person to the other. So my mom was abused for a very long time. Um, and so growing up in that environment and being a survivor of childhood abuse in all the ways, I was just running away from the hurt and the confusion and the anger. And so it was a way for me to escape. I tried, you know, retail for a little while as a young adult. Didn't like that. It wasn't serving me <laughs> even way back then. I tried many different things to try to help support my family. It just wasn't the right fit. And so at a certain point, I was just fed up. And so although, you know, I wanted to join the military to serve my country, it was also a way to run away from all of that hurt, that anger, that confusion that had been built up over the years. And then because of the environment that I grew up in, I wasn't afraid to join. You know, most people are a little apprehensive, a little hesitant. But I felt that I had weathered all of the storms. So I was like, drill sergeant, what? Like, I can handle it. Like, I'm built for this. You know, <laughs> you know back in hindsight, we know that that healing and things of that nature was needed for me to overcome those types of mindsets. But that back then, that's where I was. And so that is essentially why I joined. Mm -hmm. So I joined the United States Army. That was not my first pick, by the way, for those of you listening and have known me for a very long time. <laughs> the U.S. Navy was. So I ended up in the Army, went to basic training, went to AIT in Fort Aberdeen, Maryland. I had I hesitate, hesitated because I'm like, OK, wait a minute. Where did I go? OK, <laughs> Fort Aberdeen and then got stationed at Fort Knox. And so while my entire experience wasn't garbage, as I like to say, or trash, <laughs> they, it did have a lot of fluctuations of the ups and downs. You know, I went through it like everyone else. I was challenged a lot because of my height. Mm. Um, I did join the military a little bit later. So I was already met with, you know, people wanting to challenge me right off the bat. And so in one way, I was just like, oh, here we go again. You know, I thought I was getting away from all of these types of experiences, but it was just one thing after another. And so I had my ups and downs. I am still friends with many of the people that I went to basic training with and AIT. You know, a lot of the time in basic training and AIT was very fun, very challenging, very rewarding. But then on the other hand, I also experienced uh, sexual harassment on many multiple occasions. Mm. And so that was leading up to my first duty station. And then I got stationed at Fort Knox, Kentucky. And I got to live, you know, the nine to five soldier life for about a year before we received the news that we were to be deployed. And although I knew what I was signing up for, so to speak, I, you know, that's still not something you're prepared for mentally as a young adult. And it's yeah. just like, holy crap. And then I just happened to have the MOS of 91 Fox, which back then was small arms repair. And so I fixed weapons. And so, mm -hmm. of course, they needed me. You know, mm -hmm. I am one of the ones that was on the front lines, you know, there to fix the weapons, so on and so forth. So leading up into my deployment, you know, had the fluctuations with the nine to five soldier life. It was fun. But on the other hand, you know, I had to submit to leaders who were not the best in leadership. Mm. You know, you have that battle as well. 
you know, fresh out of high school, did a little bit of community college, but I also instinctively knew like, this is not how leadership should be. Mm-hmm. So I had those challenges. I also unfortunately experienced sexual harassment at that unit, my first unit. And it was an eye opener yeah. <laughs> to say the least. And so Prior to getting deployed, we had our brief, you know, everybody, every unit has a brief before they get deployed and they start packing and getting their affairs and orders on and so forth. Fortunately, we had time to do that. I know not many people have that luxury, but in our briefing, and this is in my own words, we were pretty much told that we may or may not make it back. Mm. And so here again, already hit with like, gosh, like I can't win for losing it. There's just always something after another. And so I remember being told that because of where we were going, um, there was heavy combat action. We were going to be high up in the mountains and we were, you know, explain the difference between combat in Afghanistan and combat in Iraq in terms of, you know, potential ambushes and so on and so forth and how much more easier it was to be spotted out or attacked in the mountains because, of a multitude of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a young adult, and I just, I can't even imagine for people who were younger than me that heard that, what they felt and what was going through their mind. With that being said, I did all the things before deployment. Like I was drinking, partying, doing the most because I was just like, you know, YOLO, you only live <laughs> once. But like, it's, like a, it's like a bachelorette party, you know, like just go all out. <laughs> right? Right? So... We had the deployment, we had that brief, did all the things, packed, and then we were deployed. And then I'll never forget flying into where we were meant to be stationed for the entire year. We were already being shot at. Oh, my And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, we're not even there. Like, God, please protect me. Yeah, yeah. So... We had that experience. So again, it's it's just like for me personally, I was looking at it through the lens of trauma. So it's just like one trauma after yeah, another, yeah. one challenge after another. And back then, I really didn't know how to navigate those things. One of the saving graces for the military from the military for me was the fact that I had a consistent routine. At least that kept me you know, up and moving and going. <laughs> but anyways, so we're on the way, already getting shot at. We land safely, thankfully, praise be to God, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we get situated. And again, it wasn't all garbage. There were fun times. There were a lot of learning experiences. I have so many hilarious memories for how we pass the time. It's just great. Sometimes I'll call my friends and we'll just crack up for hours. But then we had, you know, the combat action, the IED explosion where I was that thankfully many of us survived. And again, the sexual harassment, it was so bad during deployment that myself and a couple of other women had to file a claim against this one perpetrator. And so it was just like, God, not again. Like, can I get a break? Like, Jesus, do you hear me? (laughs) So so I had that experience. And unfortunately, back then, things are a lot more progressive now and people are taking sexual harassment in the military more seriously. But back then, I didn't get a chance to witness that, that Mm -hmm. change. And so us filing a claim and putting in complaints and being proactive was kind of like a slap on the wrist for this perpetrator. And so I had to learn how to navigate that as well. I went to Afghanistan slightly 
mm-hmm. overweight by military standards. And when I came back, I was this big. So all of the stress, the combat action, always having to live in the dark just really did a number on me. And I didn't realize it. I thought, you know, oh, I'm being ha- healthy while I'm, you know, being, I'm, while I'm deployed, eating all the fruits and veggies. And, but I didn't realize I was subconsciously and then physically, you know, doing what I can to stay motivated, to stay alive, to survive. You know, it was my outlet in so many ways. And so that was my experience. Again, not all bad, but, you know, if I had to put a percentage on it, I would say it was 50-50. And so because of that, I came back and had the PTSD, the anxiety, so on and so forth. And we'll touch on that in a moment because those experiences are what led me to where I am today. Yeah. One thing that was sticking with me is the phrase you used, lens of trauma. Like you were looking at your military experience through the lens of trauma. It sounds to me that it was kind of building upon what you experienced in your childhood or it was like adding upon that experience. And so I just wanted to like highlight that phrase because I I don't think I've ever heard it in that way before. And yeah, it reminds me of even my own upbringing. Like I'm a Gold Star family member and we lost my dad when I was 10. And a lot of my young adult, like my young teenage years, young adult years was looking through the lens of abandonment issues or like being a fatherless daughter. And, you know, I'm not there anymore. Like, that's not who I am right. anymore. I don't identify with right. my past anymore. But like, I really like how you labeled it that way. It's like you you were looking at life through the lens of trauma because that's I, that's yeah. very much how I can relate, like how I would describe my upbringing as well. And again, definitely in a better place now than I was before. Like all of that feels more like a dream and a memory to me at this point. Right. But to me, it already hints at how far you've come since then to be able to openly, you know, talk about everything that you experience a little bit from your childhood to, you know, what you experience in the military and allowing both experiences to exist, like the good experiences and the bad experiences to coexist. I think that takes uh, a a certain level of I don't, I don't think maturity is the word, but like like you had to work a lot to get to a place for you to acknowledge oh, yeah. all of that. And so I just wanted to exactly. highlight that and, and let you know that I see you and, and, and you know, I'm excited to hear, you know, where this is leading to next, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah. You know, I would chop it all up to emotional intelligence, you know, mm. that's something yeah. that is built over time as the age mm-hmm. and intelligence in all things, growth in all things. And so thank you for acknowledging that and pointing that out. It it means a lot. And like you said, I don't identify with the trauma in my past anymore, but it's it's important for me that I share these things to let people know you can overcome and achieve. It does get better. Yeah. You know, it reminds me like one of my my best friend was um, asking me about my upbringing recently and he was apologizing. He's like, oh, I'm sorry if I triggered you. I'm sorry if I brought up something in your past that that you're not uh, comfortable with talking about. I'm sorry if it hurt you. And I said, honestly, I'm really grateful you asked me because I don't have an attachment to it anymore. Like I can openly talk about it. And so I like how I like how you said like, yeah, that that's the word I was looking for. Emotional intelligence, right? It's like it's kind of <laughs> like developing that emotional strength to, you know, rec- like go through the grieving stages that you need to go through to acknowledge your past and then come to a place of acceptance and giving back, which is where you're at right now, I feel like in your in your healing journey. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, let's go ahead and talk about life today because I know that, like you mentioned early on, there was a time where you thought you were going to be a drill sergeant. You thought you had the personality for it. Yes. And yes. you know, considering <laughs> you know, my first impressions of you at this point, I'm like, wow, I, 
I don't see her like that. I don't see that personality. So tell us about it. <laughs> yes. So my goal when I first went in and realized like, oh, you know, I'm going to be with the United States Army. And I heard about the drill being becoming commissioned as a drill sergeant, all of the perks, you know, helping to mold and hold space for the young soldiers. I was just like, oh. I'm perfect for that. You know, they were telling us you had to have a certain edge. You know, you can't get emotionally sucked in from somebody crying. I was just like, Mm. oh, my God, like this is just a cakewalk for me. All the stuff I've been through. Oh, my God, like I'm the perfect fit. Like you can't break me. You know, back then that was my mindset. You can't break me. I'm good for this. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, well, I won't say unfortunately because it's a part of my process, but I had a very bad attitude back then and I had the the physical strength to kind of master it. I've always, back then I used to do a lot of weightlifting and so on and so forth. So I just had like this, like this tough exterior and this persona that I had in my head that I allowed to manifest. And so I felt like I am going to be the bomb drill sergeant. Like I'm going to scare these poor little soldiers (laughs) into doing what's right. Yeah. (laughs) So that's where that came from though, you know, like feeling like the drill sergeant was my identity and role at that time Mm -hmm. because of all that I had overcome or had navigated and been through. And, um, you know, that's not healthy, Mm. but that's where I was. And that's where that inspiration initially came from. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. So it's just, you've obviously come a long way to the point that you can, you know, chuckle about it. You're like, oh yeah, you know, back in the day, that's what I want to be. It's kind of like, it's kind of like looking at old, like a high school photos and you're like, why did I wear that outfit? I thought that was like such a cool outfit (laughs) at the time. And it's not, it's really not. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, your company today didn't come out of the blue. I know that it took, it was years in the making and it started with you personally getting back into meditating traditionally. So not like, you know, download an app and listen to guided meditations like you. You actually went old school with it. And and it's part of what led you to where you are today. So let's talk about, first and foremost, when did you even start meditating? Like what what got you to do that? Because if you ask me, I remember for the longest time, I was very anti-meditating. I thought I'm praying. Praying is meditating. You know, like I had this whole thing. I was like, I'm already (laughs) meditating because I'm praying, you know. But eventually I had to learn, oh, there's actually value in sitting and just being still, you know? So, so tell yeah. us about that. I guess that realization for you that meditating would work for you. Yes. Okay. So just a little quick backstory leading up to how I got into meditation. So when I came back from Afghanistan, mm-hmm. I was a hot mess. Like many young soldiers, I did all the things. I did a lot of drinking, you know, to try to ease the pain, um, to try to help me sleep, Mm -hmm. ease the anxiety. I didn't know it was anxiety back then, but I was trying to comfort myself and Mm self-soothe. And so I went through all the things, the nightmares, the sensations of PTSD, depression at a certain point. And I did step out and reach out for help and go to therapy. But back then, in my personal opinion, it wasn't as effective and therapeutic as it is today. And so I stopped going for a little bit because the stuff that they were providing, I could have Googled for myself. So I was just like, this isn't helping. Mm -hmm. And I continued to self-medicate and take over-the-counter pills. And then, you know, on top of that, I was prescribed sleep aids and depression medication from the VA. So it was just a hot mess, like internally and externally. And so that lasted for quite some time before I had a spiritual and life-death experience. And it was in that experience where I said to myself, like, all right, 
if this isn't a wake up call, I don't know what is. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to make it and survive living this way forever. And so with that, I was in a very unhealthy relationship at that time as well. Mm -hmm. And so we continued our relationship for a couple of years afterwards. But I knew instinctively at some point I was going to have to cut ties so that I could just walk away and start over. Mm -hmm. And that walking away and starting over was in 2015. Mm -hmm. So I ended up in New York of all places, had never been to New York, but I was just like, you know, I need a fresh start. I need to go somewhere where I don't know anybody. Mm -hmm. And for most people, again, that would be a scary thought. New York is huge. You mm -hmm. have like 49th Street and like take this train and don't go there, you know, mm -hmm. all these different things. But I was just ready for it. And to this day, New York is what I would consider one of my soul places. Love it. I just felt free. I don't know what it was. Like a lot of people can't stand New York. Like they, they hate it. But to this <laughs> day, I love it. I love the art, the grit, the grime, the mm. trash on the street, you know, the music. To me, it's just one big, beautiful symphony. And I really believe it's because that's where I started to get still and change and experience freedom from all the trauma, the pain, the deployment, the unhealthy relationship. Um, and so in New York, I started going back to school with the GI Bill. And after school, after class, I would go down to this cute little area in New York near the water and just sit still mm. and, you know, just people watch, put in some like serene music, not any hip hop or any just like instrumental music and just like zone out. And so that was the beginning of me learning how to meditate. I didn't know it at the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was, you know, the beginning stages. And then I had a friend who actually introduced me to practicing meditation and it, it, my world just opened. And so in 2015, I started meditating traditionally. And for those of you listening, traditionally is simply, you know, just sitting down, hands on your thighs or hands on your heart, instrumental music or not, and just zoning out, mm -hmm. allowing yourself to be still. And while we're talking about this, I also like to point out that meditation is not about quieting your mind because it's unnatural for our minds to do that. Mm -hmm. Thoughts will come. And so it was a learning process. I had to learn that if thoughts would arise during my meditation to simply acknowledge them and let them go. And so it was just little nuggets and it took time for me to build a consistent practice. Mm -hmm. um, so that took place for about a year. And then I had a very, I don't know if we talked about this offline, but I had a very interesting experience one day when I went down and sat by the water. I had there are four stages of meditation, and I believe I was at like the third or fourth stage, which is like bliss and really? connection with higher consciousness and the greater divine. And in that session, I was in the zone, not paying attention to anything or anyone around me, completely in stillness. At this point, no thought. I felt like I was just surrounded by this warm white light. And then mm -hmm. I felt like I was levitating, like a clear, a solid wow. six inches off of the ground. Yeah. And so I was in the moment. But then when I realized like, holy crap, I feel like I'm levitating. I kind of scared myself out of the meditation. And I, I chuckle when I think about it. But I did allow myself to sit and process that experience after the fact. And I feel like that was my enlightening moment. Wow. That, you know, set this the steps in motion for me to be where I am today. Mm -hmm. You know, that is so beautiful and 
a blessing compared to the trauma you've experienced, you know, like, like, it's easy to have remember those traumatic moments, but like to have a moment of like, clarity, and that's like that spiritual connection that that, you know, the thing that you I can't even describe like what you obviously because you experienced it. It's a divine experience for you. And, you know, not everyone's wake up call is going to be traumatic, even though like you did experience in your past. Right. In this case, it happened to be this beautiful, divine, like uh, in one of the <laughs> noisiest places in America, you found <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you found stillness and clarity and enlightenment in your own way. And kind of like waking up from a dream, you know, you kind of like kicked yourself out of it in a way. But <laughs> yeah, I love how you reflect on it. You're like, wow, that was a very magical moment like I really I really felt like I was floating and so what an amazing story yes yes so that was my experience I have not levitated or had another experience like that since then I have reached higher levels of connecting with the divine and my spirit guide but nothing like that experience and that's why I hold it so dear to my heart and treasure it because it it was one of the catalysts to get me to where I am and so I continued meditating traditionally, and then I got into learning about mantra meditation, and then, you know, the different types of japa meditation, which is using a mala or prayer beads. And my consistency with meditation led me to become more consistent with my yoga practice all over again. Mm. And then because of that, I just naturally began to be drawn to yogic philosophy, the eight limbs of yoga, you know, the yoga sutras, understanding certain laws, the laws of attraction, like all these things. And Mm -hmm. that was the beginning of my healing process, honestly. I always attribute it to sound healing, but it initially started with the meditation and the self-immersive self-study. You know, I like, I like you know, this journey goes all the way back to 2015, 2016, and you just doing it casually. And then it started to, you know, you started to build upon it and study more and get into a serious yoga philosophy. And so let's talk about what led you to starting a business, like making this an opportunity to help other people. Yes. So with my immersive self-study, excuse me, and the benefits that I was reaping. So just a little recap really quickly here. Because of my meditation practice, I was able to stop drinking alcohol. I am no longer reliant on any medications. I hardly even take a pill to this day if I don't have to. That's Um, amazing. So I'm free from all of that because of my consistency with my practices. Mm -hmm. Um, The first time that I meditated and then experienced sound healing, I was able to sleep through the night without the nightmares, the cold sweats, the tremors. And so that is essentially what led me to where I am in or about 2018 after those two or three years of studying and being consistent and learning and embodying those practices for myself, I became a yoga teacher. And so that's when the light bulb went off. And then I was Mm. like, oh, man, I'm, you know, a disabled combat veteran. Mm -hmm. You know, I have all these aches and pains. If meditation did this for me, if yoga is doing this for my body, I can only imagine how many other people it can help, especially my brothers and sisters in uniform or out of uniform. And so that is the inspiration that led me to creating white violet yoga to begin with (laughs) and since well let me back up here so it led me to creating white violet yoga and and so 
in the beginning, my focus was to teach mindful movement to veterans mm. um, because I realized the benefits. I have scoliosis. I have back problems from the IED blast that I experienced, the achy knees, you know, from running my cartilage into the ground. <laughs> because that the unit that I was attached with, all we did was run. Wow. And so I was just like, I can relate. Like, I get it. I get what the veteran is going through, what they are experiencing. And the yoga and meditation literally saved my life and turned my life around. And so I'm going to give back in this way. And so that was what led to the incorporation of White Violet Yoga. It was named White Violet Yoga at that time. And so I used to do donation-based classes, mm. yoga at the park, all the things, uh, trying to help my veteran brothers and sisters. I did that for a little while. And then things started to not feel very aligned for me. And so... I actually had to go back to the drawing board and pivot. And this is something as an entrepreneur that we don't talk about or sometimes we're afraid to do mm -hmm. is pivot when necessary. Um, so I had to pull back my offerings, go back to the drawing board and figure out why things weren't feeling aligned anymore. Mm -hmm. And so my reasoning was or what was provided to me by divine uh, guidance, if you will, during meditation was that I wasn't really living and giving authentically based on my experience. And that was, you know, meditation. Mm. So I was so focused on the trend of being a yoga teacher and like trying to fit in and make a name for myself. And it, it, it wasn't aligned because that's not what turned me around. That's not initially why I wanted to give back and share because, you know, the meditation is what had, had made the biggest impact on my life. And so mm -hmm. went back, changed my offerings, Fast forward all these years later, I have rebranded to So High Healing. <laughs> and so my focus is to help the military connected community heal, thrive, and grow using a combination of sound meditation, traditional meditation, and mindfulness based practices. Yeah. You have to tell me about the sound therapy session you had back in, I think, 2018 or 2019, because. Yes. What I found most interesting about hearing you talk about it is that it was virtual. So the, yeah. it, the impact <laughs> still came through. So tell us about that. Yes. Yeah, so I like to share this experience because everybody always assumes that my first sound bath was in person and it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Someone sent me a link to this fabulous sound healer. I, to this day, I still follow her. Yeah. I listen to her sound bath. I just love her. So like, I really look up to her. I'm just like, oh, I want to be you when I grow up. She's like, she's one of those kind of people. And she just has this great energy. Anyways, yeah. someone gave me a link to one of her sound baths. It's like, hey, you're into meditation. Have you ever tried sound healing? And I was like, what is, first of all, what is that? Like, mm -hmm. what is sound therapy? What are all the things? And so I listened to her sound bath. And for me, I, you know, I just laid down on the couch one day, not really knowing what to expect. Yeah. Put in my headphones. was just like, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> and I'm just like sitting there, you know, going with the flow, going with the vibe, if you will. And I eventually closed my eyes. And then for me, it was like I was broken open. And mm. I like to use the analogy, like I, I felt like I was a cracked egg and the shell was breaking off. Mm. The sound, the vibrations and the frequencies from the sound healing just opened me up in the most beautiful and positive way. And it allowed me to um, 
excavate all of the gunk that was still inside. Mm. And so that sound healing really penetrated me on a cellular level. Um, I felt lighter. I felt freer after that sound healing session. And again, it was a catalyst to me becoming a certified sound healer myself and just really doing what I needed to do for the last, I don't know, seven or eight years to be able to give and share back to people. I'm a big believer in practicing what I preach Mm -hmm. and even more so adding to that, embodying what I preach. Um, So that first sound healing session was just a beautiful awakening moment, penetrated me on the cellular level and allowed me to heal things that I didn't even know still needed healing um, and restoration. Um, So that was really big. I felt like I was restored in a lot of ways and I was able to reclaim my voice and really step into who I am. Yeah. It's understandable that this was a journey for you, like a a long journey, years worth of self-healing because most of your life was through the lens of trauma, you know, and, yes. and it just kept adding and adding and adding. And so to me, it sounds like the the sound bath was like kind of the final cleansing for you, like well, the final, like whatever <laughs> yeah. toxins were left in your body, you know, exactly. kind of thing. And, you know, when they say, oh, yeah. drink fiber, so it'll clean out your digestive system, you know, get all the last gunk in there. Sorry, I didn't mean to compare right. it to my digestive system. No, no, but, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing to hear your testimonial of, of this experience. And again, like being a combat veteran and, you know, wanting to have had that uh, a stoic drill sergeant exterior to now being just <laughs> yeah. so like Zen. I think it's very inspiring because the military does build up our service members to to be stoic, to, you know, to not yes. talk about feelings, to not even trust your own feelings, to trust whatever orders are given your way. And so for you to have exactly. gone through this whole journey of self-healing and self-awareness and, you know, self-love and to now do it for other people, I think is it's just very beautiful and powerful. And to know that you had experienced it so intimately and personally, I, I imagine that you know, the people you work with can can feel that and really believe in everything that you're offering to them. Yes, I get the most beautiful comments and reviews. And it's just, it's beautiful to be able to witness someone else's transformation. And I'm glad that I took the time to not only learn and practice what I preach, but to embody it. Because like yeah. you said, people do feel that mm-hmm. um, they can feel what's real and what's not. So yeah, I take that very seriously. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, going back to the the importance of like allowing this to be a process, to be a journey. I know that was one thing we were talking about offline is that like we have to start somewhere like this may not be the end. I'll be all like, you know, for you, obviously, right. it, it, it trans it really transformed you, but it took years. It, it was a whole process. It was a whole journey. Oh, yes. But this is a starting point, right? Like for anyone that can relate to your story, this could be the start of, you know, something better, like a, the start of the healing process. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a firm believer of that. Yes. <laughs> love it. I love it. Love it, Latoya. Well, you know, I feel like we've done a great job covering your story and, you know, leading to, up to how you um, started So High Healing. And here we are today. And well, Latoya, as we start to wrap up here, it's uh, incredibly important for me to, you know, remind our listeners who are doing this for and this is for our military community, whether you're an entrepreneur yeah. or not. And I feel like there is a lot of I would say universal takeaways, you know, from your story that we can share with our military community. So what are some that I mean, I have them listed here, but I'd love to hear from you. You know, what are some takeaways you'd like to share with our community today? So some universal takeaways for me, and I think I have 
maybe revisited this at the last time we talked. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, they relate to being an entrepreneur or just navigating life. So first and foremost, this sounds so cliche, I know, but I always suggest and tell people to breathe. Mm. Why? Because when we breathe, when we breathe intentionally, it's one of the only things that our brain has to focus on. Thing you, you know, as one thing at a time. Our brain, yeah. when we are intentional with the breath and we're breathing in two, three, four, out two, three, four, five, six, our brain can't focus on anything else. So you're almost forcing yourself to be still, mm. become more present within that moment and just chill out. So, you know, nothing yeah. in life is really that serious if you give yourself the opportunity to just zone out. <laughs> so I always suggest first and foremost, breathe. Find Google some breathing exercises. They're easily accessible via Google or my website mm-hmm. or with me on Instagram Live. So that's one universal lesson to share. Breathe. I promise you things will get better or at least be alleviated. Mm, Yeah. My other things that I like to share are to embrace failure. So Mm. I always encourage my my friends, my family, my clients to view failures as learning opportunities and stepping stones towards success. Because, you know, the resilient entrepreneurs and people who navigate life, we understand that setbacks are natural. It's mm-hmm. a natural part of the journey. It doesn't mean that we have to stay stuck in those setbacks. And we can also use it as fuel and inspiration for growth. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Resil- resiliency is another universal lesson that I like to share. Someone who is resilient is often able to, you know, after they've learned their lessons and processed what they need to process and have taken the time to sit with it, they're able to, or we are able to easily spot pitfalls or setbacks in the future, you know, if we see them arising. And so I feel like resiliency is one of those universal lessons to share. And we hear this stuff all the time, but it's really a matter of hearing it, Mm-hmm. taking it in, processing it and embodying it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that resiliency allows us to bounce back and keep trying after we've rested and reframed our mindsets and um, allow that enthusiasm to kind of just bubble back up in us again. And so those would be my top two. If I had to think of something else, I would say adaptability is key. So mm-hmm. I know that as an entrepreneur and in life, period, we need to be flexible and be able to adapt to changing circumstances because as we all know, life is just, you know, up and down. We have to be able to go with the flow. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) So embrace change, pivot, pivot, pivot when necessary. Um, I know in the military connected community, sometimes that's scary and that's okay that it's scary, but just take that small step, whether it's, you know, meditating daily or setting up a task list for things that you need to do so that your business can change directions, whatever it is. Pivot when necessary. It can be the catalyst for your success. It's crucial for growth, both personally and professionally. You know, I think the one takeaway that I get from what you shared just now is to to breathe. Like, I feel like when you breathe, everything that you listed could come up. It could be like, oh, I may- maybe <laughs> I should like look at this with more clarity. Maybe I should be more present. Maybe I should, maybe I should adapt to the situation. You know, I think yes. the breathing part is 
incredibly, incredibly important. And I, I definitely had to I definitely learned that a couple of years ago when I had crazy anxiety and I almost had a heart attack. Whole story for another time. And for me, the only way to get out of that was to literally breathe. And since then, yeah. every moment that I can get, every moment where I start to feel like my chest tightening or whatever, I just remember to, you know, just, just breathe, you know, just breathe <laughs> and just give ourselves a minute. Like there's plenty of time to breathe and more importantly, to breathe yes. intentionally because I think breathing exactly. helps. You. I mean, we're going to breathe no matter what, you know, but like to be right, intentional right. about it and to allow ourselves to just you know, recenter and come back to that place of calm and to lower. Exactly. And I think even just from a health standpoint, it's just good for you to calm yourself down, you know, because anxiety could lead to, you know, anxiety attacks, heart attacks. It could actually lead to health issues. So, you know, for me, that, Absolutely. That's, that's kind of the biggest takeaway is like to just to just breathe, you know, just start with that. And even if it's weird, I mean, do it when no one's looking. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it, start somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I tell people that all the time. It, you People don't, can't tell if you're breathing intentionally. Why? Mm -hmm. like, because like you said, we're breathing anyway. Yeah. And then breathing, like you said, leads to those other things, uh, adaptability, mm -hmm. embracing failure. And then mm -hmm. it also creates the space for us to find creative solutions to overcome yeah. challenges so that we don't feel stuck and stagnant in that way. Yeah, I love that. It really opens up an opportunity for you to kind of step outside of your situation and have that self-awareness and say, okay, what can I do instead? Like rather than make like an impulsive decision, I can do exactly. this more thoughtfully. And I think breathing really helps with that. So ah, awesome. Latoya, wow. What an amazing, <laughs> amazing conversation today. I do want to give you an opportunity to ask me a question if you had any. It's okay if you don't, but I figured I'd just put that out there if you had any before we go. Okay, so my question for you would be related to sound healing. And that is, have you ever experienced a sound bath, either in person or virtual? And if not, would you be interested in having a sound bath with so high healing? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, first question, first answer is no, I have never done it. I have seen it. I've seen it on shows and stuff like that. And I but I've never experienced it myself. And I also like knowing that it's virtual. So I'm I'm very <laughs> intrigued. And I think it would be really interesting to test out myself and, and have as bonus material for our show here. <laughs> so everyone can <laughs> right? witness firsthand like what it's like for Jen to get a sound bath. I think that'd be a ton of fun. So I appreciate you asking. Absolutely. Well, I'd like to extend that offer for you and we can talk more offline about that. Wonderful. Well, uh, Latoya, this was great. Thank you so much for taking time to share your story. And thank you for, you know, thank yourself for putting in the work, you know, to be where you are yeah. today, to be able to offer this to other people. I could definitely tell that you enjoy what you do. And there's a calm, again, I, I can't even picture you as a drill sergeant, like at all. Like that is <laughs> like, I can't even imagine it. So I, I mean, I, I guess I could if I try hard enough, but like who you are today, your demeanor today, I think is a testament again for you having put in the work to, you know, be where we are today to have this conversation. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. And that our journeys were, you know, met in our conversation today. Right, right. Thank you for acknowledging me and all that I've done to get to where I am. That's very important for me. It means a lot to me. And I appreciate being a special guest here on your esteemed show, Holding Down the Fort. And I look forward to talking more with you in the future. Awesome. Thanks so much, Latoya. You're welcome. Hey. 
Hey, this is your host, Jen Amos. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Visit holdingdownthefortpodcast.com to access the full show notes of this episode, including resources mentioned and bonus content. Once again, that's holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. Lastly, stay after this outro music for something a little extra. Thanks again and chat soon. Bye for now. All right. And thank you again so much for listening or watching to every episode in this season, season seven of Holding Down the Fort by US Vet Wealth is available on our YouTube channel. So be sure to check that out. Check out our YouTube channel, subscribe. And now I just want to, you know, give some commentary. It's been a while since I've done these commentaries, even though in your, in, in your perspective, you're probably thinking like, oh, you just did this like last episode. Well, one of the tricks that you do as a podcaster to get your content out at a reasonable time and and to work smartly is to record things in bulk. So I'm actually like this outfit, this top you're going to see, you may, if you're watching on YouTube, by the way, I'll give you a tip now. You'll probably see me wear it again (laughs) in the upcoming episodes. And if you do, it's because I'm basically doing all this in bulk. And so I don't know why I brought that up, but I thought I'd share that tip with anyone who is a content creator or wants to be a content creator. Doing things in bulk really makes a difference. It really makes things more productive. And I was just thinking about, like I said, I, I, it's been a while since I've since I've done this recording. And, you know, I mentioned at the beginning about my audio quality and I'm sure for some of you listening and I know personally, I know personally I have listened to, I don't know, like worse audio quality out there. So, you know, I know that my audio quality isn't the worst. I recognize that. But the reason why I bring it up is because, and I'm sure I talk about this more in our free podcast portal, which is available at holdingonthefortpodcast.com forward slash portal, (laughs) holdingonthefortpodcast.com forward slash portal. I'll probably talk about more of this there, but one of the greatest lessons that I continue to learn as an entrepreneur and as a content creator is that done is better than perfect. And it is my hope that what you hear from Latoya is significant for you and impactful for you. And if it is, then doesn't matter how my audio quality sounds. <laughs> and so just want to make a comment on that and how I've just come to acceptance with that for the season, even though it's been over a year since, you know, the show has been on air. I had every intention and hope and desire to make this as perfect as possible. And the final lesson I will leave you all with is that perfection doesn't exist. Um, if anything, 70% of perfection is perfection. And my favorite one done is better than perfect. So I'll probably have more commentary in the podcast portal. If you have any questions for me that you want me to address, anything specifically about the show, about me, about podcasting, or if Latoya happened to send us some post commentary, you will see that in the podcast portal. Once again, just check out the website, holdingonthefortpodcast.com forward slash portal, and uh, you'll get a bunch of goodies there. All right. Thanks so much for watching. And we will chat with you in the next episode. Till next time.